Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Hi, Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific markets are trading lower this morning. Sydney is down more than 1.5%. Tokyo is off 1.25%. Markets in Hong Kong and South Korea are closed today for public holidays. This morning, selling following a late afternoon sell-off over in the U.S. Shares on Wall Street were trading up for most of the day, but then in the last hour of trade, investors sold off Apple, Alphabet and Facebook. And that dragged the rest of the markets down with them. Joining me now to break down all the markets action, get beyond the headlines. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. How are you doing? Pretty good. So how are you shaping up for the rest of the week? Well, uh, likely to be quiet. I've got all uh, the accoutrements at home to, to keep me busy. Jigsaw puzzling. Oh, okay. Board games. That is uh, going to keep you occupied. <laughs> for a while. Now, this morning, we're going to start by taking a look at four corporate stories. Three from the tech space, one from an air carrier here at home to see what they can tell us about investor mindsets and the state of the global economy. So let's start with C Limited, the Singapore headquartered internet company that owns Shopee and game developer Garena. So if we were playing a game of up or down, would you say C is an up or down, Ryan? I would say down. All right, let's get into why. It's going to pretty tough one. C grossed more than 1.7 billion US dollars in the first quarter. That is more than double than a year earlier, but the company is still losing money. In fact, its net loss jumped 50%. So what is going on, Ryan? Yeah, so it's a bit of a seesaw for C. I've got <laughs> revenue up, but profit down. So diving into the numbers, a net loss of $422 million. That is up nearly 50%. And that's despite more sales, more revenue, more than doubling to $1.76 billion. And this is worth noting why it is still losing money despite more revenue. It is because, as typical of most startups, they are spending quite a lot on sales and marketing. You know, things like paying for Pachukang, things like just appearing in ads in more places. So all that costs money to acquire eyeballs, to acquire new users. And we saw expenses actually almost doubling to $993 million for the first quarter. So pretty much the standard path for most startups having to spend money to make money. Mm. C's chairman, Forrest Lee, has told investors the Q1 results are, quote, a great start to the year. Would you agree? Well, it depends on what numbers you look at. And if you look at the growth numbers, you could argue it that way. And if you look at the digital entertainment segment, that is, of course, with C's Gaming Arm Garena, it is showing really good growth numbers. Revenue rose 111% to around $781 million. And of course, with people working from home, they may be playing more at home as well. And all the restrictions helping to make gaming the well, flavor of the year for 2020 and maybe 2021. So mm. that has been quite strong for its hidden game, Free Fire, which it says is the highest grossing mobile game in Latin America, Southeast Asia, and India in the first quarter. So it has quite a bit of a punch in the gaming space and the one people are betting, or at least some people are betting, will turn around to become profitable, of course, is the Shopee business, which is also gaining quite a bit of traction. And 
it is still spending quite big on marketing. So you will have to kind of wait and see where, when that turning point will come. Yeah, C is all about servicing the online lifestyle. Investors appear to like what they've heard. C is listed on the New York Stock Exchange and in after-hours trade, C shares up 4%. Now, while C shares had a great start to the year, they are currently down 18% over the past three months. Next up on my corporate check-in this morning, Tesla. Ryan, do you remember that movie, The Big Short? Yeah, one of my most favorite movies. Mine stars as well. Kristen Bill. Yeah, that's it. I often confuse him with the actual Michael Burry. <laughs> uh, so the investor that The Big Short was based on, Michael Burry, he is currently placing a huge bet against Tesla. In a regulatory filing, Burry revealed he has a short position against Tesla that's worth half a billion US dollars. So do we have any idea why Burry thinks Tesla shares are overvalued? Yeah, so for those who missed The Big Short, the movie, it's pretty much the story around how Michael Burry was one of the first and a few to get it right on the subprime mortgage crisis and he made big money for his investors. So that was made into a book and then into a story and he got it right. So will you bet against someone who got it right in the subprime mortgage crisis? When everybody else is getting it wrong. But you also have to bear in mind, he is not the first to bet against Tesla. Over Mm. the years, many people have bet against Tesla try to short Tesla, but as you've seen with Tesla's stock price, it has only gone up. And that is something to keep in mind if you are thinking of joining Michael Burry's bandwagon, right? But of course, Michael Burry has been getting quite a bit of a good track record in the past few decades, not just mm. the subprime mortgage crisis. He also got it right on GameStop and made quite a big sum on GameStop. So that is something yeah. you have to keep in mind that you want to um, th- think about when you are weighing whether to join him on this bandwagon. And the other thing is um, why, I guess, people are asking why is he going big against Tesla right now? And I think right now, based on the latest developments, based on the earnings that Tesla's been putting out, you can kind of see why. Mm. He is saying the regulatory credits business is drying up. This is something he alluded to quite some time ago, so not really linked to the Fouling per se, but something he's mentioned before. And this is around how Tesla is in the black only because it is selling more green credits. Mm. Much more so than making money from cars. And with that potentially drying up when other EV makers don't need the credits anymore, that could put Tesla in a bad spot. And also, there are no market catalysts in the near term for Tesla to really push up stock prices in the near term, aside from his strong following on Twitter. So that is a big red flag for him. So basically questioning the long-term viability of a reliance on those regulatory credits for profits. Tesla, I took a look, had had a turbulent 2021. The electric car maker is facing slumping sales over in China, part shortages also hitting its production. And one factor that we talked about is others' regulatory credits because as more companies make more battery-powered cars of their own, they will presumably need to buy fewer credits from Tesla to comply with those environmental regulations. So quite predictable, uh, the the traction of those credits. Tesla shares down 27% over the past three months. Now, on another note about Michael Burry... um, Best known for betting against mortgage securities. Besides GameStop, has he, has he been successful anywhere else? 
Well, apart from what we know, there isn't a lot of details on what he's been busy with. So <laughs> this is what we know so far. Michael Burry, maybe the next movie, the sequel to The Big Shot. The long game stop <laughs> position. That's what it'll be called. All right. The next companies on our corporate tour this morning are Google and Shopify. Now, overnight, Google held its first developer conference since 2019. There weren't many hardware announcements, though. Google did reveal there are now 3 billion active Android devices worldwide that is three times as many Apple iPhones. Now, what really caught investor attention, though, was an announcement by Google that it is going to work more closely with the online retail platform Shopify. So what's the latest here? Yeah, so Google going big into the online shopping space. Not that it hasn't, but it is really shipping things up or shipping things up with a partnership with Shopify. This is, of course... The antithesis to Amazon, where if you want to go into the e-commerce space, if you're a business, you can just go with Shopify to set up a bit of an e-commerce portal website to transact with your customers. So that is what they are doing. So with Shopify, more people can find stuff to buy on Google assets. So things like Maps, YouTube, things like its current Google shopping site will be beefed up. So all that really promising to bring together the Google ecosystem to make shopping and a more seamless one. Yeah, Google ready to compete with Amazon, it looks like. Shopify shares up 3% in after-hours trade. Shares in Google's parent company Alphabet trading down 1%. Now, aside from the partnership with Shopify, what else has caught your attention at the Google Developer Conference, Ryan? Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of things. Mm. And what really jumps out at me is what's called the more inclusive camera. And this is around how its <laughs> smartphone camera will more accurately depict skin tone. So a step in the inclusivity angle. And also they have what's called the AI curated albums where Google, of course, will be using AI to help users share their content to things like Facebook and to other ecosystems more Easily, So that is something they are trying to do. And of course, more privacy um, upgrades in their ecosystem or the operating system, Android 12. Yeah, apparently they're looking to put dermatologists out of work as well. A new AI um, that will detect skin conditions after you upload three different photos of your skin, hair and nails. Uh, possibly you get a diagnosis of your dermatological conditions. Now, there's one more thing I want to bring up. They are working on a new video chat system where mm. the user will be projected in front of you in 3D. So with everyone kind of doing more Zoom and... The hologram chat. The hologram yeah. chat. Yeah. I'm not sure if I need somebody that close to me. But it's very Star Trek, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really shows where the future is going from here. <laughs> All right, let's bring the conversation home now. Singapore Airlines set to announce its full year results later today. What should we expect? Yeah, so with that, you are looking at quite a few things with what's been happening in the past few days. Of course, COVID-19 restrictions tightening in Singapore. That, of course, saw the air travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore spiked and deferred to sometime next year if things still um, are on track to recovering. So that is one thing to look out for. What SIA is thinking about its outlook in terms of travel and you have also to bear in mind it's not just Singapore, Taiwan and, Indone and India are also seeing 
COVID-19 uh, management issues as well. So in terms of air travel demand in the region, it is not looking bright in the near term. So we will be looking out to see if we can get any colour in terms of how they think we might see SIA, um, I guess, turn around in the quarters to come. Mm, Singapore Airlines shares jumped nearly 5% yesterday, this in advance, of course, of its results announcement. If we look at corporate stories as a whole, Ryan, so C's business is expanding. Google is investing more in online commerce. Michael Burry thinks Tesla is overvalued and Singapore Airlines could be set to rebound at least a bit. So what are your thoughts? Do you think this all put together like a jigsaw puzzle tells us about the state of the economy and markets today? It is a very noisy picture right now. So you've got things here and there moving in all directions, some moving sideways, and it really lends the, uh, reinforces the picture around how we are getting an uneven recovery. So some sectors are going to be doing better than others. And you pointed out, we've been talking about how SIA is likely to struggle with more headwinds ahead. But some businesses are still expanding. C is still seeing more growth in gaming, in Shopee, in its online shopping space, also in the shopping space, Google expanding there. And that seems to be the case as well. If you look at the numbers released by major retailers like Walmart and Macy's overnight on the earnings front, they are so confident of the outlook, in the US at least, that they are upgrading or raising their outlook for the rest of the year. And this is off the back of people spending their stimulus checks, going out more often, and they've noticed people buying more, well, in a way, frivolous stuff like teeth whiteners because they can now take off the masks. <laughs> so they are trying to look, I guess, more presentable. And formal wear has outpaced the growth of pyjamas and t-shirts at Walmart as well. So a sign of things maybe going a step closer to normal. Teeth whiteners. Teeth now, whiteners. Why, why didn't braces go up when we all had to wear masks? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you will see that happen here um, in the other term. A long-term buy, I guess. Now, one more story I want to touch on with you before we check in on markets, and this comes from the world of cryptocurrencies. China is banning financial institutions and payment companies from providing any services related to cryptocurrency transactions. It is also warning investors against speculative crypto trading. Just how extensive is this crypto ban from China, Ryan? Do you expect it will impede banks' businesses. After all, we are seeing more and more financial institutions beginning to offer crypto services. Yeah, it's not the first time that China has poured cold water on cryptocurrency. And we have the latest uh, reiteration of its stance, pretty much banning uh, FIs and payment companies from providing, like you mentioned, services related to crypto. So we are seeing a bit of a knee-jerk response in Bitcoin prices. It's down slightly by, I believe, right now 5% overnight. And it is a bit of a worry if you're reacting to noise. But for a Bitcoin or crypto advocate or follower, this is probably just a speed bump because the long-term what they call fundamentals or story or narrative that has been in place is it is becoming more mainstream. And you have other markets still jumping on board the Bitcoin bandwagon. More companies also adopting Bitcoin. So in places where it might be tougher to use fiat currency, um, that is also picking up. So you do have a case for Bitcoin elsewhere. So in terms of whether 
Bitcoin is going to be shaken up maybe in the near term. But I think what's also worth noting is alternate coins are also getting into a bit of a frenzy. Things like Dogecoin have been going up so much, so much so it has overtaken the growth of Bitcoin. And the joke coin, Dogecoin inspired another joke coin, Shiba Inu coin, also another dog inspired coin. That is up 10,000% this year. And just to give you some context, uh, Dogecoin at the start of the year was mm. half a cent. Right now it's trading at 50 cents. And that really shows how much money there is slushing around among retail investors trying to jump on the next big thing. So mm. maybe there is a bubble if you think there is so much money trying to find a home. Maybe you have to just you know, think twice if this is the next big thing or a bubble forming. It is a blurry, blurry picture when it comes to cryptocurrency. Bitcoin at its lowest level since early February. Ether lost more than 7%. Internet computer was last week's sensation and it continues its plunge. So back to China and cryptocurrency. Actually, these moves are not Beijing's first moves against uh, digital currency. Back in 2017, China shut its local cryptocurrency exchanges, smothering a speculative market that at the time accounted for 90% of global Bitcoin trading. And in June of 2019, the People's Bank of China also issued a statement saying that it would block access to all domestic and foreign cryptocurrency exchanges and initial coin offering websites. So not the first time we're seeing China make a move in the crypto market. Uh, investors continue to sell off Bitcoin following China's announcement. Bitcoin currently trading below $43,000 a token. It has fallen more than 20% over the past week. I want to check in on local stocks now. The SDI jumped yesterday. Investors went bargain hunting. The SDI closed up 2% at 31.42. So Ryan, how's the blue chip index doing this morning? And does there appear to be any strength in yesterday's rally or are investors selling off again? Yeah, pretty much investors taking money off the table right now. You've got markets in Singapore down 0.7%, 3,120. So after two straight days of gains, investors giving back or taking away some of those um, profits. And looking at the picture for the STI, um, of course, um, we are near nine-month lows right now, or nine-week lows. And this is now looking at the STI in the opening minutes pretty much in the red, just slightly more red than green right now. And we've been talking about SIA. Its stock price is opening lower by 1.2%, trading at 480. And it, of course, will be releasing its results later today. Right at the bottom of the list is Samcorp Industries, down nearly 2% at $2.01. At the other end of the table is some REITs, Capital and Integrated Commercial Trust leading the way up 1.5% at $2.10. So that is the picture we have right now. Thank you very much, Ryan Huang. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.